the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Welcome to the Instructor Podcast. This is a show where I speak to leaders, experts, innovators and game changers to look at ways that we can help you improve your driving school and potentially become an even more awesome driving instructor. As always, I am your somewhat epic host, Terry Cook, and I'm delighted to be here, but even more delighted that you have chosen to listen. And today, we've got a tremendous episode lined up for you. I was sought out by Phil Cowley, who told me that he was planning a standards check, even though we didn't need one, he'd requested one, and he asked if he could come on the show and talk about why he requested one, his experience on the standard check, his takeaways from it. Would he do it again? Did he get what he wanted from it? Was it beneficial? All this kind of stuff. And that's what we got into the episode. I think it's a a brilliant episode for anyone that is looking to develop or anyone that potentially even has a standard check coming up or anyone that's maybe not even hitting the triggers, but is considering it. Definitely worth a listen. And big thanks to Phil for joining me. Just before we dive into the show, I want to take a moment to remind you that wherever you're listening, make sure you click subscribe. That way, whenever we release a new episode like this one, which drop in on the same day as episode one, it will drop in feed automatically. You don't have to go looking for it. And it does help boost my numbers a little bit as well. So make sure you do that now, unless you're driving, in which case, pull up safely. Now click subscribe. And if you're feeling extra generous, then go and leave me a nice little five-star review. Or if you don't like the show, leave me a one-star review. But any review is welcome. I always appreciate that feedback. You can leave reviews on places like Apple and Spotify, or you can even go over to my Facebook page on The Instructor and leave a review there. But I will catch you at the end of the show with a bit more news around the premium content. But for now, let's get stuck into the show. And on this episode of the Instructor Podcast, I am joined by the ever-delightful Phil Cowley. How are we doing, Phil? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. No, uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, uh, we've had you on the, the previous podcast, or ADI Story was on you be- before. ADI Stories you were on before, um, and we'll probably come on to that in a minute, actually. But uh, yeah, it's great to have you on the main feed of the Instructor Podcast. But before we dive into that, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what you do so I've uh, been an ADI for 16 years. Um, I run a driving school with uh, seven driving instructors um, and hopefully growing. Um, I'm an instructor trainer um, as well. And yeah, that's basically it, really. Cool. Uh, you were also uh, the first ever guest on ADI Stories, as I mentioned before. And um yeah, I think I had two guests on. I had to take a break because of, of nuts going on in, in the personal life. But <laughs> if people want to find out more about you, I'd suggest going back and checking out ADI's stories. Now, I'll, uh, I'll put a link into the show notes, actually. But the question I like to ask everyone when we start the show is, well, the tagline for this show is, I speak to leaders, experts, innovators, and game changers. So which of those, or more of those, uh, do you think you are? Um, so I always love it when you ask the other, other guests this question because I love how much they squirm and get awkward. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to do the same. Um, uh, I suppose running a driving school, I would class myself as a leader, and I 
feel like I lead my team in in that sense. Um, I don't tend to be the sort of leader that I'm like telling them what to do. I I feel like I sort of try and lead by example. Um, so I'm like, this is how I do it, and this is my values, and I sort of, in that sense, hope and I, and it seems to sort of um, work that way that they they follow and and our school has this sort of kind of ethos and um we have a great group of driving instructors that i recommend to any of my pupils so i think that helps from that sort of kind of perspective and yeah it's not a sort of a dictatorship um i'm not sure i would call myself an innovator in general um because i do tend to get most of my ideas from other people and i just make them my own and However, I am sort of recently just started out um, employing driving instructors rather than um, taking them on as um, franchisees. So I think that's relatively new in the business. There are a couple of other schools out there that do that. But um, so from that perspective, I would say I'm sort of putting myself out there and seeing how it goes. Excellent. Um, no, I did not know that. So I am making a note frantically uh, to get you on another show to speak about that because we've got something else uh, coming up around uh, driving schools and so on. So yeah, you may be on another show. Speaking of which, it's been mightily impressive seeing how much more you're putting yourself out there recently. Uh, you know, like I say, you were the first guest in ADI stories. Uh, you started doing more and more on Facebook videos, and on TikTok videos. You're on another podcast recently, uh, a local one you tell me about. And then um yeah all this it's, it's just brilliant to see you doing it um but coming back to today's episode the uh, the big thing or the big reason we got you on here is because a little while ago you messaged me and you said that you were sort of thinking about requesting a standards check because you're not had one for a good few years and uh, you were asking me do you think it'll make a good episode for the podcast and my initial thought was that sounds like a really good premium episode because on the, the premium content, I tend to get a lot more specific, whereas on the sort of the regular shows, it can be a bit more broad and a bit more general. But then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, no, actually, I think this would be a great one to put out in public because it really helps promote, promote yourself as well. But the big question I want to ask, and I think a lot of ADIs would want to ask, is why? Why, if you've not been called in for a standard check for five or six years and your test results show you're not going to get called in for a standard check for a little while, why would you request a standard check? Yeah, that was the first question that everyone asked <laughs> before when, when they found out. Um, interestingly, I, I had kept it secret as well. Um, so I hadn't actually, I think you, my wife, and one of my mates who only the night before knew about it, to be honest. So it was quite a small circle of people that knew which actually was probably me protecting myself in case it went horribly wrong. Um, but the the why, so um, there was two reasons, really, I would say two main reasons, and it depends on which hat I was wearing at the time. So for my instructor sort of kind of hat, as, as an instructor myself, I wanted it from just a development point of view. I'd, I'd done five, six years of extra training since my last standards check, and I wanted to sort of go, have I what well, have I actually improved um obviously I felt like I had but could I go and show that on the day basically so I think it was kind of proving a point to myself a little bit um so that yeah that was one side of it and and I'm always like looking for ways to challenge myself in that sort of sense um and then the other side and this is probably the main reason I did it was my um instructor trainer hat and I realized that I was talking to ADIs and PDIs about their standards check and, and part threes. 
but I couldn't remember what it felt like. I had like vague ideas of nerves and stuff like that, but I didn't really remember the process. And also the process was slightly different as well because it was an hour test, an hour long test. And now it's obviously gone down to 45 minutes. So I kind of wanted to go through that 45 minute test and this sort of idea that you're not, although you are allowed to stop on the, on, on the standard check. And actually my, um, um, examiner told me that before I got in the car as well so he, he sort of reassured me with that but I just wanted to go through that process um, and those emotions that you get um, on the lead up to it and the just the process of like the engagement call and because again that wasn't around when I did my last standards check um, so yeah I wanted to go through the process so that when I'm having that conversation with ADIs and PDIs I can really sort of help them um, from a better standpoint basically. So a few points I want to touch back on, but I think it's important we address the uh, the elephant in the room because, like you mentioned, they not told little people a lot of people for uh, fear, just in case it goes horribly wrong. Did it go horribly wrong, Phil? Uh, not horribly wrong. I feel like it could. I got an A, so I'm happy with that. Um, I I don't think it was the best lesson I've ever done. I think the pressure that that gets to you. Um, and the stuff I would look at and, and do differently. Um, but yes, I was happy. I got an A. <laughs> um, so it didn't go horribly wrong. And, and my wife thought that um, she didn't realise that you get free attempts. So she was she was a little bit... I didn't realise this until after the test that she was worried that if I failed, I lost my job. Um, she was just like, why, 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 why would you put yourself under that pressure? Um, but yeah, so it was... Uh, yeah, it didn't go horribly wrong. And I got an A, so I'm happy. I mean, we, we might touch back on to sort of the, the mechanics of the, the actual lesson, uh, the standard check itself in, in, in later on, but I do just want to throw out there, you put up an awesome video on your Facebook page. Now, again, I'll, I'll link to this in the show notes, but anyone listening that wants to look at the sort of how the lesson itself went, and, and I found it really interesting around the how you adapted it and that side of it, um, definitely go and watch Phil's video that he put up on Facebook, about 20 minutes long, and it'll be a, a brilliant sort of companion piece of this podcast, I think, and vice versa. But I want to touch a little bit more around the, the process itself. So like the standards check, I think a big question I would like to ask you as someone that that's just had it recently, that requested it, that has got the, the high sort of test marks anyway, and someone that trains, as you said, PDIs and uh, instructors and that side of it. Do you think initially that the test was a fair reflection of your ability? Uh, no. Um, was it? Oh, that's a good question. Um, no, I feel like I, could, I feel like I could do a better lesson um, because. Uh, yeah, I think I got in my head, but then I'm thinking back to it, and I'm thinking there was stuff. There was stuff in there that I I know I tell my other my PDIs to do that maybe I don't do as well in the car as an instructor. Um, and I've always said this that I feel like I am actually a better trainer than I am an instructor. So I'm, I I know the the test inside out, back to front, and I know I can watch someone's lesson and instantly sort of know where where the advice needs to go and 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 help them sort of kind of progress that way and i've i've always found it difficult as because i got trained in the old ways the the psts and all that sort of stuff and the um like there was no coaching involved it was like do, do it this way and we were doing all the analysis um and even though i know that i need to do that differently and i do but it's 
there are times where I feel myself falling back into those sort of ways that I did it for like 10 years like that. So um, it's it's quite hard to sort of kind of, that it slips back in. So yeah, there's, there's an element of, I feel like I could do a little bit better, but I also know that I'm not, I'm not perfect and need to carry on improving that. I mean, I'm going to try really hard not to word this question. So it's a loaded question. <laughs> so forgive me if it <laughs> sounds that way, but like you said, it's not a fair reflection of you do of what you do, but you've come away in, in potentially in your opinion, and I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth, almost underperforming a little bit in the sense of you've had more pressure than normal. So when you're under the most pressure you're going to have as a driving instructor, that's the level you perform at. So to me, I almost look at that the other way as if that is a fair reflection. Someone's putting you under this immense amount of pressure, as you said, potentially, you know, three times your, your job's at stake and yet you're still performing at that high standard. So it's a bit like, well, if you're doing that under that pressure, what are you going to do afterwards? You know, when you're not under that pressure. And I think the other thing I'd throw at you is, you know, potentially just going off what you said, you, you may be noticing things and reflecting more on your lessons perhaps more than you would do normally because you're forced to. So I'm not quite sure what the question is there. I suppose is that something you would agree with? Or? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there was a question somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, so I, um, yes, I, I, I think the, the reflection thing is really interesting, actually, because I think that's how people should see the standards check. It, it's not this me versus the DVSA and the DVSA trying to take my job away. But actually, as a development tool, um, and you get this opportunity to, from the second you get that that test booked, and actually this should happen, this should start happening way before you get a test booked. But definitely, once the test booked, and you're you're hyper focused on how you, how you're delivering lessons. So instantly, even those five weeks, even if you don't get any train extra training you're probably improving because you're self-reflecting um, and most people then obviously go and get some training in that in that period as well so it's you're developing as an instructor and then even if you don't pass or you don't get the score you want on the standards check the examiners are pretty good at giving you some ideas of what what you need to go away and work on so it is all about developing and I know there's the pressure of the fact if you keep not passing that you may lose your job but I suppose the, the flip side of that is if you do the training, you've got to that standard before, you you should be able to get back to that standard anyway. So it is about developing as an instructor rather than this B versus the DVSA, I think. So you mentioned about getting feedback from the examiner. Were you sort of happy with the feedback you've got in the sense of, do you feel like you've got somebody you can go away and work on? Um, so it was interesting because there wasn't so much, well, actually, no, there was probably two two main bits of feedback. One was quite specific to the lesson. So it was a particular fault that happened on the lesson that I brushed over a little bit because it was a steering sort of fault and there was bigger stuff going on with the round with roundabouts and I wanted to deal with that. And I I also felt that the steering fault, that if I went away and went, right, let's go have a look at the steering. The second I brought the pupil's attention to steering, his steering would be fine. It was more a case of it went wrong while other stuff was going on. So um, I, it was a tricky one to deal. I, I felt like on the lesson in my head when I was thinking about it, I thought I can't deal with this in 45 minutes. So this is a long-term sort of fault that needs to be fixed over time. Um, but you can't do that on a standards check, unfortunately. Um, so the, yeah, so there was that point and I sort of took that on board that 
but that felt more standard check specific rather than as an instructor, you need to improve this. Um, the other thing he did, and again, this is really frustrating because it's something I do get my instructors to do, was when analyzing the faults, we were talking, I was getting the pupil to do the analysis, which is great, but maybe I should have gone through more like advantages and disadvantages with the pupil. Um, and I again, when I'm sat in the back, I'll be like, oh, I'll, I'll jump in and say, oh, what about asking about advantages and disadvantages? But when you're in the hot seat, you forget. So maybe that's something I'll bring more into my lessons or consciously, I suppose. Cool. Uh, all right. I want to rewind back just a little bit to when you first decided mm -hmm. to, to go and get the standards check. Um, you've obviously had to contact the DVSA um, and, and arrange yep. for, for the, the standards check. Any queries from them as to why you wanted to do it? Uh, no, um, I, so I emailed, um, Paddy, um, which, uh, which I don't know if it's, it's PA. Yeah. I just call it Paddy cause it yeah. spells Paddy. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if that was the right people to email, but I put that in my email and I was expecting this to take ages. And two days later I got an email from them saying we've put you in the system basically. And, and the same at exactly the same time an email from the people who set up standards checks saying right go book your standards check and i was like whoa <laughs> steady on <laughs> um so um yeah no queries at all actually um they were just like yeah off you go book it sort of thing um and uh, um yeah so it but, it but it suddenly felt really like really real at that point and that's when the nerves started kicking in and i was quite surprised by that because obviously i'd decided to to do this so i wasn't expecting to be nervous um but, but yeah it was suddenly like oh actually i've got to go and actually do a standards check <laughs> um so and and it, i suppose the speed of it was so was was interesting that and this is something i again have taken the whole point of this was as a trainer what can i pass on um and something that i would not so much for part three guys because they they know that they've got one coming up but i think an adi who is sort of happily going along from that moment you get that email saying go book your test it was only five weeks to my standards check and i don't think that's enough time to suddenly turn around your training and, and get up to standard if you're not at that standard so for me i think it would be always train as if you've got a standard check coming up in five weeks time and, and continuously improve and that'll do two things i think it'll do if you do get the standards check you're better prepared but actually, if you continuously improve it, you're probably less likely to get a standard check in the first place anyway. So, um, yeah, I was surprised by the time time frame of it. It was all a lot quicker than I was expecting. Uh, I want to come back to you about the engagement call in a moment. Just, um, But yeah. like you said, it came around pretty quick. You had five weeks. Uh, it's not an awful lot of time to plan. And I know, I think you mentioned before, because you're um, training instructors and running your own school and stuff, you don't have this vast array of students. But I think... Anyone that listens to my premium content knows that I do a show called The Standard Check Checklist, and one of the questions I always ask everyone on there is, who would you take? So I'm keen to get your thoughts on that. How did you decide which pupil to take? Um, and, and, and yeah, because obviously, like I say, your selection was a bit more narrow. Mm -hmm. um, so my first, my first thought was rapport, basically. I wanted a pupil who I get on well with, gives me good like feedback and talks to me and ask questions and um it, interestingly after watching the the video of the lesson um 
one of my instructors said, can I steal that people from my standards check? So he was a good people in that sense for talking. Um, so report is for me is number one in the, on that list. Then the, I've got, um, to be fair, I have quite good rapport with all my pupils. Um, we sort of create that scenario with, with the way we do the lessons. I do have quite a few pupils with quite high anxiety levels um, and I love teaching them and we, and we have great lessons, but that they would not have been appropriate for a standard check, mainly because they probably would have just passed out mid-lesson. Um, so um, definitely, that like, go away from your sort of, like, super nervous pupils, I would think, because you don't want, like, most pupils will drop in level a little bit because of the nerves. But if you've got a particularly anxious pupil, it's going to happen even more. Um, and then my next thought was probably what level, and I think a lot of people think this, like what level of pupil do I want? So do I want a newbie? Do I want someone like midway through, but they're learning maybe a new skill that's slightly more demanding? Or do I want someone who's test ready and we're just doing sort of like fixing stuff? Um, and I think for that one, it's not about, there's not a better answer. It's it's which one do you prefer as an instructor? So if you love that sort of kind of new new lesson stuff, then take a, take a newbie. Um, I know they say you're not supposed to take um, uh, like a beginner pupil but you can take a beginner who you're I suppose teaching something for the second or third time um so you can do like a moving off and stopping lesson if if it's not sat at the side of the road the whole time but you're you're doing moving off and stopping and you're not pulling it you're not sitting there at the side of the road for 20 minutes having a deep having a briefing sort of thing so that's what they, they want to move like a moving lesson um so for me I preferred that sort of middle ground pupil so he'd we did roundabouts and and I didn't know this at the time what we were going to be doing but he was that sort of people where he had sort of covered a lot of things but it was now time to start fine-tuning fine-tuning those the, those skills so it's that sort of level cool uh, let's move on to engagement call then because uh, I'm intrigued to get your thoughts on this to find out whether you found it beneficial. Did it settle you down for the standards check? Did it, you know, if this had been your first standards check, do you think that that would have helped you? For your, you know, those, how did you find it overall? Um, interesting, the settle down thing. Yes, I think it did. It, it Because, well, I, I knew the, the enforcement officer anyway through doing part three and part two, um, and uh, part three, yeah, part two as well, actually. Um, so, but it, but it actually just having a I've never had that long a conversation with him and having that chat with him it, it kind of makes the person real a little bit more and and you do see that it is a development thing not a we're trying to get you sort of kind of moment so that yeah I think that it did settle me down in that sense um yeah I think the engagement calls are a great idea actually um because they are very much a they're not really about the standards check actually that, that which i think some people sort of get confused they don't want to know who you're taking or anything like that and um, partly because we're two weeks before the test so in, in a way you shouldn't know what you're about to go and teach in two weeks um time so it's more about um they they discuss your i can't remember what they're called but the report form with with all your faults on it they go through that with you. Um, obviously, that was that was an interesting call because he didn't know at the time when we started the call that I'd requested the status check. Um, and so he was looking at the form going, I'm not really sure why, <laughs> <laughs> what's happening here. Um, and I and I mentioned to him that I that, that uh, requested it and the reasons why. Um, so 
that was interesting. I didn't, I almost didn't want to tell him that at one point because I didn't want to say, oh, I'm an instructor trainer and I'm doing this for this reason because I didn't want to set like expectations too high. Um, but yeah, I thought we might as well be honest and have that conversation. Um, so yeah, and he was actually really sort of impressed with that idea and, and, and stuff like that. So that was good. Um, but yeah, we did have a chat through the, the report form and you could see a couple of like, particular faults like steering which interestingly came up on the standards check um and i can't remember observations maybe but they're, they're quite popular faults anyway so there wasn't anything glaringly obvious but a couple of things I'd, i'll go and have a look at but yeah again it's all about development and like they ask you about what training have you been doing um and i'm assuming if obviously my answers were lots but um i'm assuming if you hadn't maybe they would suggest some training i'm not sure um but yeah, it was very much a positive call. It wasn't a um, trying to catch you out or or anything like that. It was it was all about development and quite informal as well. It wasn't, um, yeah, it wasn't like an interview or anything like that. So, yeah, it was good. And we're just taking a slight pause in the show to give a big shout out to all my latest premium subscribers. These are the guys that subscribed in between seasons three and four, and they are the wonderful people. Nicola McDonald, Nicholas Smith, Emma Cottington, Emily Elms, Lexi Jones, Michelle Smith, and Vix C. These are all truly awesome human beings who have opted to support the Instructor Podcast. You too can support the Instructor Podcast by signing up to my Patreon. You can either sign up just to support the show for £2 a month, which helps with the running costs, or you can subscribe to all the content, which gets you essentially all the content and all the bonuses. Best way to do it, go to the show notes. You can click on the direct link there to take you through to subscribe, or if you want to find out a bit more, www.theinstructorpodcast.com or you can get in touch with me on social media. I'm easy to find. Drop me a message. I'll happily have a chat with you to tell you how investing £10 a month can get you all these awesome discounts and bonuses. If you would like to find out a little bit more, I'm about to end the show and I'll tell you a bit more then. But for now, let's get stuck into the second half of this awesome interview with Phil Cowley. Uh, one of the things you mentioned there was that they, they weren't keen to know about the standards check. You know, they don't want to know topics mm. like that because, as you mentioned, you shouldn't know it a few weeks in advance. Um, but I'm sure you're like me. You like to browse Facebook now and again. And it's one of the most common questions I see about it is what subjects should I do on my standards check? And, you know, people planning it that far in advance. But, and, and you did mention this on your video, but it's, it's well worth repeating because... I found it really interesting, the the topic of yours. So I'll let you tell the story, but the, the fact that it changed just before your standards check. So just tell us about how you decide on the topic and what, what happened. Yeah, so all, I always tell my PDIs and ADIs that do not pick your your do not pick it in advance because it will get you caught out basically it, it the best lesson is going to be the one that you would have done anyway with that pupil um, because that's the one they need and and you're going to be if they need it you're going to be able to show development and and it's just going to be the better lesson basically so before that i hadn't picked a picked a uh, topic anyway so the the way we picked the topic we were going to do was based on issues that had happened the previous lesson so it was just a natural occurrence of okay that'll work well let's go and do that there can be 
some variations in that, I suppose, because if it's a topic that might not work for a standards check because of the location and the times, you might have to change it. But I would still make it about, okay, we can't do that, but is there anything else that you that you need to be practicing, basically? Um, so make it as organic as possible. So then we we set off and I turned up for the, uh, to picking up the pupil and I'd um, interestingly I was quite nervous at that point but once he got in the car we'd it felt like a real lesson so we set goals as we normally did and off we went um, and yeah he made a couple of mistakes at the roundabouts on the on the approach one one being a bit hesitant and the other one coming into the roundabout way too quickly um, which meant he was then staring to the right for too long and then his positioning went a bit wayward um so yeah then i had that call to make like do i swap the lesson to roundabouts or do i stick with my original plan that i'd had in my head for the last week um and yeah i think in my head i was like i feel better when this feels like a real lesson and not a forced lesson and on any real lesson i would have swapped roundabouts because they were two pretty big faults um and so yeah i had that conversation with the pupil agreed that he, he agreed that yeah i'd like to go and have a look at it um and so yeah we swapped the goal and what well, complete topic of the standards check about 10 minutes before we got there uh, <laughs> so yeah that was um yeah a big change but actually felt really natural and obviously roundabouts is topic teach all, all the time anyway so there was no prep needed it was just like and and there were roundabouts near the test center from from, from where we were as well um yeah, so it could have sort of felt natural. And I wonder if I had gone with the original plan, even though I could have actually avoided roundabouts on that plan. So it's not like the roundabouts would have like kicked me in the butt halfway around because there was no roundabouts on that original route. Um, but I'm wondering if it would have affected the pupil because they would have had those roundabout faults in their head and maybe lack of confidence. So that's one of the benefits, I would say, of changing that lesson is because so that the pupil's not going away going oh well i had an okay lesson on that but what about those roundabouts sort of kind of feeling so yeah it definitely made sense to swap it potentially i mean i want to come back to your video for a second uh, i mentioned you before i was going to say this because <laughs> it, it really resonated with me that i can't remember if it was that point or when you picked the student up or whatever but there was some before your test where you'd been really nervous and someone just clicked and, and you used the phrase oh i'm a driving instructor i just need to teach this person how to drive and it really resonated with me to back to mine which was about four or five years ago actually and um i was just having the worst standards check ever i was i was like i was abysmal uh, as an instructor for the first 10 minutes because all my focus i was literally looking over my shoulder at the examiner rather than looking at my student and i got her to pull up and i asked her a question and she started talking i can remember just talking to myself and saying you're a driving instructor you don't need to worry about the examiner. Just just teach the student, help them learn. That's all you need to do. And then as soon as I said that, I then salvaged the standards check and brought it back around. And do you think that people, and, and potentially even you to begin with, put too much emphasis on the examiner, put too much emphasis on the standards check rather than just going out and doing what we do day in, day out? Yeah, 100%. And I think it's really hard not to. Um, I don't think I was like I could see the examiner in my mirror and in my sort of peripheral vision. I don't think I was fully focused on the examiner, but I was aware that I was being tested. And that really did affect the way I was sort of doing lessons. Um, interestingly, what you said about the 
it's just a driving lesson i i remember actually on the way there um i at one point literally shouted at myself just like <laughs> it's just a driving lesson like i'm in the car on my own just like it's just a driving lesson um like trying to get it out of my head and the there was a couple of moments as well that 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 clicked in and the first one was when we first got in the car with the people way before like before we headed off to the test um and i got my little goal board out that we that we fill out on lessons um and that felt real it just felt like oh yeah it's just a driving lesson so that calmed me down a lot that we just went into a lesson um so that was great and then during the test again actually the start of the test i felt quite natural as well um and then he started making faults on the test as they do um <laughs> throwing you lovely curveballs um so as that then i that's when i got in my head a little bit because i was firefighting a little bit at the start of the test um and there was a bigger mistake on one of the roundabouts but there was nowhere to pull over and so i had to do a couple of other roundabouts um which i that was fine we managed to get through those and then he made another mistake when i went into the estate to pull him over so i fixed that and this is when i was like oh what's going on and again i had that moment of pull over we then had that conversation and i chilled out a little bit in that situation because it then it felt like a lesson again and we and i think actually from that point onwards i completely forgot the examiner was there and just did work on worked on the lesson so yeah it is those moments where you have to kind of just go wait a minute it's just just do what you do do what, do what you normally do sort of thing so you decided to to take this standards check even though you weren't due one and you had those goals and the reasons for taking it do you think you achieved what you wanted to achieve by doing the standards check uh, massively yeah and probably more i would say because i have learned a lot about my own trip like um instructing but more importantly i think i've learned a lot about how the stat and i think i can definitely pass this on to pdis and adis and of like doing this video and uh, this podcast and the videos and stuff i think hopefully that will help some um already had a local trainer who had watched the video saying can i pass that to my pdis so i'm happy to help all pdis <laughs> doesn't have to just be mine um but the uh yeah so i think it, it's given me that experience i think i can empathize more with the with the process and hopefully advise better in, in that sense um I think that's actually already happened as well, actually. Interestingly, um, I've already had the benefit of um so actually the, the day before my standards check, I had a like an hour-long conversation with an ADI who's got a standards check coming up and they were worrying about the engagement call. And I just about a week before I'd had an engagement call, so I was able to fully just really tell her what happens on engagement call with no sort of like, oh, I'm not sure. I I knew what happened on an engagement call, even well, actually, no, she has got a different um, examiner, but I know who the examiner she was, so I know how that would that call would go. Um, so yeah, really was able to help there, and then also on the same day, a um, PDI that I've been helping out. Um, not one of my train not one of my pdis from the start but had come for some extra training um had a stat had a part three her final part three on the on the same day that i had my standards check and again i was able to help her more even though i hadn't done this process at the same time but because i was going through the same feelings probably not quite as extreme as hers with the final part three versus my status check um but i was still feeling nervous i was still planning for a for a part three and she was doing the same so i was able to really empathize with with how she was like what she was feeling at the time and she passed so yeah <laughs> excellent wins all around um i think 
a lot of instructors, um, and I'm going to caveat this first by saying everyone's different. Uh, so this is purely maybe your opinion or my opinion or whatever, but uh, a lot of instructors like to get someone in to watch their lesson. So they'll get another trainer in to watch their lesson and get feedback. Obviously, the, the big benefit with that is that you get a longer conversation with that trainer afterwards. Um, but would you recommend potentially that, that every trainer does this or everyone that doesn't need a standards check potentially still goes out and, and does one to, to gain that experience? Uh, what goes does a, does a standards check? Um, yes, because um, I think yeah, I think it's a great yeah, it's a great experience to go through. Um, I suppose if you didn't want to be as extreme as me, you could go and do like a get a trainer to come and do a mock standards check. Um, maybe is and that might give you that similar sort of feelings. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. Even just getting people sat in the back of your car is is a great experience um like i have people sitting back of probably 60 to 70 percent of my lessons to be honest because pdis and adis come in to come and watch lessons um but yeah that that really does make you think about what you're what you're doing when you're on lessons so yeah something along those lines is definitely a great idea um and going to watch other instructors lessons is always a good idea as well because you were amazed what you pick up like even me i sit in the back of pdi's lessons and i pick up stuff like the, this person who's been doing the job for like one month they suddenly just because everyone comes with their own life experiences and own ideas and stuff so they come up with something i'm like that's brilliant i'm going to use that <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah so yeah definitely i think we we can live in our own little bubble quite often as driving instructors so getting out there and getting in the back of other people's cars or vice versa is always a good yeah opportunity cool uh, all right so i'm going to ask you for some advice now so if you were someone that had or if you if i was someone that had a standard check coming up i've just been told today and i haven't by the way but i've just been told today that <laughs> i need to book my standards check um in that that run-up to a standards check what advice would you be giving to people uh well my first advice would be be training way before that uh, so <laughs> yeah. don't wait for the don't wait for that email um go get some training and they always be doing something um i would get a local trainer it's, it's probably my best if you only had five weeks because i don't you're going to be lucky to find a standard check course or something that happens to just fall in that time frame um i was quite lucky that i had the expo two days before my standards check so that was great <laughs> going to listen to some of the, uh, the industry's leaders um so that was quite handy um but the yeah get a get a local trainer find out who's who's good get them sat in the back of your lessons and and get, get some advice on on that um don't for me don't be maybe even a couple of trainers as well that's that's always like get some different advice um I think, and this is something I, I've experienced with people who want, want help from me, where they maybe just go, they want one session um, because obviously they're having to pay for that session. Um, I think you, you you would benefit from more, like, so seeing that progression going through. So don't think of it as just like one session or fix everything. It, it's like you wouldn't expect a pupil to to do the same. So, yeah, but invest in yourself and, and do do a few sessions and and, and take that opportunity. Awesome. Now, I know you're someone that does a lot of CPD that invests heavily in themselves and their business. So I'm intrigued to know what resources um, you can tell us that you use, that you like, or that you would recommend to anyone that, that wants to develop. 
um your podcast that's a great place <laughs> to start we'll leave that there <laughs> yeah um 100 actually your podcast because I, I think the beauty of your podcast is it allows you to like find certain parts that you like and then you can go off and go actually i, I want to learn a bit more about that so that's quite a good a good starting point um from a, within the industry um i i do a lot of work with lou walsh i have you watched her all of the videos that she's ever made and um she's watched a few of my lessons and given me feedback on that um so and and she sat in the back of lessons with me actually before um so yeah using a trainer i suppose from that perspective and i've been on her courses as well um more recently and i think this is more for me as a progressing myself even further i've started doing the um try coaching btech um in driver coaching education i think they call it um and actually that's been really interesting as well completely different sort of course actually so in very much all the other training i've ever done it's like this is the information off you go whereas the try coaching one is about self-development really so they give you the information um but actually you have to then go off and do it on your lessons and then write reports about how it's gone on those lessons um and yeah it's very much yeah it makes you action the course which i I, i'm sure everyone's done the same where they've gone oh yeah all this great information and then you go off and you forget and you don't um don't put it into your lessons or it's really hard to suddenly put all these different things into a lessons um so yeah it's very much actions it and it's over the course of a year as well so there's i think there's seven or eight um training days and that's been quite good because it's always there it's always sort of in your mind and 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 progressing over last year so yeah i've really enjoyed that course as well awesome all right so last couple of questions uh i think this has become my favorite question at the minute but what is the ultimate driving song i'm making a spotify playlist for the instructor (laughs) podcast so we can have it on uh in between listening to the podcast obviously um what song are you going to put onto that list so I have to put this song on um, because because I used it on my on my stand the day of my standard check. So um, Mr. Brightside by the Killers. Um, so I on the way to picking up my pupil, even after I'd shouted at myself about it's just a driving lesson, I I had calmed myself a little bit. I felt like I'd got myself back into a I'm okay, but I could feel tense. And and I know from stuff that I've read before that actually something that that stress creates the hormones in your body that create tension and sometimes you just got to get it out of your system to be able to move move past it so mr brightside went on full blast and i was singing away in the car and i'm sure people were looking at me at the traffic lights like i'm an absolute nutter um but if nothing else it was a few minutes of not thinking about the standards check um and by that time i got to the pupil i got to the um, pupil's house and so it was able to then switch into driving instructor mode so yeah that one definitely has to be on a I think we'll make uh, Mr. Brightside the official standards check theme music. Um, <laughs> I've, I, interestingly, I've done this with pupils in the past where, where we have a, a driving test song and they pick a song that they love. And on the way to the test center, we, we just play that song on. Uh, uh, and that's where I kind of got the idea. Um, and yeah, it's like their sort of kind of celebration song or whatever. So we play it on the way to the test. And then when they pass, we play it on the way out as well. <laughs> so it's awesome. like a little theme song to their test. Right. Do you want to take a moment to tell people where they can find you and anything you've got to offer? Um, so, CowleySchoolOfMotoring.com. Um, 
and yeah you can find obviously dragon lessons and stuff mainly on there but i also have on there um my instructor training stuff and on the, within there as well actually i have written about each one of the um competencies and how i sort of see each competency so if you if there's there's a whole load of information about each competency on there um my youtube page as well county school of motoring um those videos you were talking about are both on youtube now as well um so they're worth having a look at um yeah, and tiktok which is county school of motoring as well um so yeah i'm trying to do more tiktoks Awesome. Uh, we can find those links in the show notes. But uh, yeah, big thank you to uh, for joining us today, Phil. Really, really interesting chat, and uh, and I appreciate you actually getting in touch to say you were doing it, and and you'd like to come on and 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 share the results. Um, I'd have been interested to know if you'd have shared them if something had gone drastically wrong and done a similar podcast. I think I, think I might have ghosted you. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but no, thank you for joining us, Stacey. It's been an awesome chat, and I'm sure people will get benefit from it. So big thank you to Phil Cowley there, and I hope you found that as interesting as I did. Personally, I don't know if I'm actually going to wind up requesting that standard check, although I'll probably get called in before I request one anyway, but I don't know if I've quite got uh, Phil's confidence there, but I think uh, it's a great thing that he's done, and I'm, I'm really pleased he's chosen to share his experience with us. I'd also advise you go and take a look at his video. There is a link in the show notes. You can find it on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, and he breaks down massively about the standards check itself. Sort of spends about 15 minutes talking about, about the actual standards check. And that's a, a nice compliment to this episode, I think. So definitely go and check that out. But I want to take a minute just to tell you about the Instructor Podcast Premium. We are getting more and more people signed up to it, which is awesome. And I'm just going to tell you about a few of the benefits. So first of all, you get a host of discounts. You get discounts at places like Client Centered Learning, the ADI and PDI Doctor, San Harper's Mindfulness Courses, Robin Bates' Coach of Geeks Turbo, Accountability Group, and even the uh, Diary app, Go Road, you get a nice discount over there as well. There's probably going to be some more coming at some point too. But... To me, that's not the reason to join. The reason to join, biggest reason, is all the extra content you get. So there's videos and audio files galore over there. Currently over 60 premium exclusive shows that you can go and listen to to help you build up your coaching skills, to help you build up your skills as a driving instructor, to look at your business skills, all this kind of stuff, and even take requests. So if there's something you need help with, you can get in touch and I'm more than happy to do special shows on that that could involve you or it could involve a guest or it could just be me sharing my experience. I'm really aiming to make this a place to go where people can just pick and choose from this massive selection of content because it increases every month. There may be currently over 60 pieces of content in there, but by the end of the year, there's going to be close, close to 100 exclusive pieces of content and these shows are everything between 10 minutes and over an hour long so yeah the feedback i get from my guys is that they're uh, some really good stuff and the other thing we do over there is we get quarterly zoom sessions so on those zoom sessions i just jump on board and you guys can fire any questions at me and i'm happy to answer they could be questions about Standards checks, uh, there could be questions about the podcast, it could be questions about 
what my favorite TV program is. Um, they're probably going to become a little bit more regular than they are now, but as it is now, they're every quarter. And what I've aimed to do is I've aimed to make something that I wish I had when I first come into the industry, just this, this wealth of, of, of content, of, of selection, of choice, and all these amazing people that you can then go and dive into a bit more. Oh, San Harper sounds fun. I'm going to go check out her in more detail. So, yeah, I'd love it if you came along. Sign up for a month. It only costs you 10 quid. I suppose 12 if you include VAT. But sign up for a month. Check it out. If you like it, great. You can stay. If you don't, you're welcome to, to disappear. And if you don't like it after a week or so, I'll happily refund you your money back. But if you do have any questions, you're more than welcome to get in touch. But for now... I'm going to love you and leave you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you're enjoying season four so far. Feedback is always welcome and have an awesome day. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.